Here is your Radio Theater Channel weekly podcast for download. The RTC still has the very best old-time radio on the live streaming. And if it's music you love, tune in to the RTC Music Channel, where this link and many others are on our website at oldtimeradiolisten.com. Now, here's Jim. Welcome to the RTC Weekly Download. I'm your host, Jim Dolan. It's Christmas time. If you're not in the spirit yet, you better get with it because it's almost Christmas time. This week, we've got an episode of Boston Blackie and the Stolen Rings of Christmas from 1948. But we'll start off with an episode of Fibber McGee and Molly and Christmas Presents from 1941. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn, with songs by Martha Tilton and the King's Men, and music by Billy Mills. The show opens with Love Is. thing you can be sure of during these next few days, friends and neighbors will be dropping in unexpectedly for visits to talk over holiday plans and parties. Will your home always be ready for them, floors gleaming with beauty, tabletops and woodwork spotless? If you practice protective housekeeping with genuine Johnson's Wax, it probably will be. Daily housework is reduced to a minimum when these surfaces are Johnson Waxed. Rooms are quickly tidied up. And properly waxed floors never really lose that richly polished look that good housekeepers so much admire. When you wax your floors, furniture, and woodwork, you not only protect them against scratches, dirt, and wear, you not only save yourself hours of work, but you also win the compliments and praise of your family and friends for the beauty that genuine Johnson's Wax adds to your entire home. When you consider the low cost of those advantages, is it any wonder so many good housekeepers just couldn't keep house without this famous wax polish? But don't be satisfied with anything but the original and genuine Johnson's Wax in paste, liquid, or cream wax form. This is the time of year when a man who can't suppress his curiosity should be handcuffed and blindfolded. For instance, a package came for the McGee's today, which is almost certainly a Christmas present. And we invite you to an interesting discussion between Fibber McGee and Molly. But, Molly, look, we don't know it's a Christmas present. Just the same, McGee. We're not going to open it before Christmas. Oh, but, sweetheart, there's nothing on it that says don't open till Christmas. Don't get mushy with me. <laughs> I still say we don't open it till Christmas morning now. Okay, okay, okay. I just wondered if it could have been them silver fox furs, that's all. I just wondered. Uh, what silver fox furs? Oh, never mind. We'll, we'll know Christmas morning. Well, I guess I'll run out the cigar store. McGee! Huh? What silver fox furs? Who's sending me some furs? How should I know? Well, you're the most exasperated. <laughs> but this is exactly the size and shape of a box that would have a set of fox furs in it. Hey, cut that out. You can't open that. Not till Christmas. But, darling... Don't get mushy with me. 
You can't open it. Here, give me that package. You wouldn't let me open it, and I won't let you open it. Uh, why do you pay any attention to me? I'm just a woman. I don't know anything. You're the man of the house, and what you say ought to go, dearie. Hand me the scissors. Here. Thanks. Uh-oh. Bad news, Molly. It ain't furs. What? It isn't? Mm. Oh, dear. I told you we shouldn't have opened that package, McGee. Not until Christmas. Uh-huh. But what is it? I don't know. Look. Oh. It's a musical instrument of some kind. Looks like a little pipe organ. There's electric wires on... Hey, I know. It's one of them chime doorbells. And a beauty, too. You mean one of those doorbells that every time it rings, you expect somebody to say, the following announcement is transcribed? <laughs> Yeah, but it don't say here who sent it. Now, who do you suppose... Oh, get that stuff out of sight quick, McGee. Okay, 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 okay. Come in. Mr. Wilcox. Hello, folks. Oh, hi, Harlow. Come on in. No, thanks. I just wanted to leave these packages for you. And don't open them before Christmas. Oh, thank you, Mr. Wilcox, and we won't. But what's your hurry? I've got to stop and get a sandwich before I go back to the office. I missed my lunch. Well, Merry Christmas. Well, heavenly days. Now, there's plenty of cold chicken in the refrigerator, Mr. Wilcox, and a lemon meringue pie. Oh, boy, my favorite vegetables. (laughs) (laughs) But, gee, I hate to be any trouble, Molly. It's no trouble at all. It's no trouble at all. I'll just set out the chicken. Now, Now, wait a minute. No, you don't. I'll find everything myself. Don't get up or I won't stay. Oh, well, well, go ahead, Wilcox, and easy on that pie. You gotta watch them hips <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'll try to restrain myself Well, we know he didn't send that doorbell Oh, no, but I wonder who did Oh, oh dear, come in Oh, how do you do, Mrs. Uffington? How, uh, do you? how do you do, Mrs. McGee? And Mr. McGee? And a yippee yule tie to you, Mrs. Yule. <laughs> Won't you slip out of your sables and squat a spell? Oh, <laughs> uh, thank you, no, Mr. McGee. I came over to ask a favor of you. Oh, certainly, Abigail. Anything we can do, just uh, ask us. Oh, yes. Unless you want me to take that pooch of yours for a walk. I draw the line at patrolling the precinct with that pie-eyed peak. (laughs) Mr. McGee, Fifi does not enter into this matter at all. Besides, I believe she entertains the same aversion to you that you do to her. (laughs) Well, that's a lot of entertainment for one man and a dog. (laughs) But uh, what can we do for you, Abigail? Well, Mrs. McGee, I head the neighborhood committee to conserve waste paper for the government. I wish to ask you not to burn or destroy your waste paper and cardboard. Please save it, and I shall have a truck pick it up whenever you call. Why, sure. I'd be glad to help such a good cause. <laughs> Personally, I'd like to form a movie committee for this war. Uh, a movie committee, Mr. McGee? Yeah, I'd like to get the government to make a documentary picture and send a million prints to Tokyo. Starring what actor, dearie? Harry Carey. <laughs> Did you by any chance send us an electric chime doorbell for Christmas? No. No, I did not, Mr. McGee. But I must say I admire your blunt way of inquiring. I simply detest people who hint. I do too, Uppy. Although when I was a cup reporter years ago, I always uh, I was always dip- the diplomat. Oh, sure, oh, yeah. Yes, you betcha. <laughs> Sir, never used to act a direct question if I could help it. But if there was any inside dope I wanted, I got it. Get that dope McGee, I was known as. Oh, my. 
Get that dope, McGee, the dashing, daring darling of the dailies and the ding-dong, dipsy-doodle daddy of the dirt dishers, diligently deviling dignified diplomats for delicate details, discreetly dictating data difficult to decipher, and deliberately denouncing dangerous demagogues dripping with dubious dialogue designed to develop defeatism, doing my duty with a dearth of dilly-dallying despite the dirty digs of the desperate dogs who determined to dampen my do-or-die disposition and deteriorate a diggity dynamo into a drippy droop, a dandy detective at dodging death and danger, but doesn't this description sound like a total stranger? Martha Tilton sings he's 1A in the Army and A1 in my heart. From coast to coast in this great nation, each man has got a classification. Pray tell me, pray tell me, what's yours? I've got a guy who's really something. This man of mine, he ain't missing nothing. No wonder I'm happy to say He's 1A in the army and he's A1 in my heart He's gone to help the country that helped him to get a start I love him so because I know he wants to do his part For he's 1A in the army and he's A1 in my heart And just in case you're quizzical, I'm gonna tell you now He passed the toughest physical, he passed it folks and how For I know why he rates so high on Uncle Sammy's chart Cause he's 1A in the army and he's A1 in my heart They're A1 in our hearts They've gone to help the country That helped them to get their start We love them so Because we know They want to do their part Cause they're one A in the army And they're A1 Molly, this is going to be a pretty snazzy doorbell, you know it? Yes, but who do we get to install it, dearie? An electrician? Nah, I can do it myself. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, please, let's not go into that again. What do you mean? I fixed the thermostat on the furnace last week, didn't I? It works at the touch of a finger now. Sure it does, sure. At the touch of a finger, you get a shock that melts your bobby pins. <laughs> well, I'll get you some rubber gloves. Anyway, I don't see... Oh, dear, come in. Oh, hi, sis. Hi, mister. What you doing? Huh? Hmm? What? I guess not. <laughs> you guess not what? I guess you didn't know I was a businesswoman, mister. Oh, businesswoman, eh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, just what branch of commercialism are you identified with, madam? Well, I... Hmm? <laughs> I says, what's your racket? Oh, a miserable toll Huh? Miserable toll I don't get it You don't unless you pay for it, I bet you <laughs> Pay for what? Miserable toll 
Well, that was a short ride, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> Let's go around again. <laughs> What's miserable toe? Oh, gee, mister, you know what miserable toe is. No. You hang it up on Christmas and it's got white berries on it. Oh, 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 sure, sure, sure. sure. Mistletoe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Otherwise known as mug holly. <laughs> Lip lilac. <laughs> and night blooming smush. <laughs> My daddy calls it fracture cactus. <laughs> Fracture cactus Why, sis? Because once a long time ago He started to hang some up on the chandelier And the chair broke And he fell down and fractured his leg <laughs> <laughs> Oh Hmm? I says, oh Oh Well, mister, can we do any business? Only 25 cents a bunch Okay, okay. Bring me two bits worth, sis. Oh, thank you, mister. I'll deliver it first thing tomorrow, and you can pay me the 35 cents. Fine, fine. I'll be... Hey, wait a minute. You says 25 cents. What's the extra dime for? Tax. What do you mean, tax? There's no tax on mistletoe. There is, unless you want to glue it up, mister. <laughs> Tyke. I'll bet she winds up selling Santa Claus a snood for his beard. <laughs> hey, Molly, do you suppose this doorbell runs on batteries or the regular house current or how? Well, uh, why don't you experiment, little dearie? You're a wonderful lad with electricity. <laughs> you really think so? Why, sure I do. Yeah. Who else could have wired the vacuum cleaner so it runs and hides under the Davenport every time I plug it in? <laughs> well, <sure>. oh! <laughs> Oh, oh ah, heavenly day. Oh, Something's happened to Mr. Wilcox. Come on, McGee. Oh, 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 hey, what's the matter, Harlem? Hey, what you sitting on the stove for? Oh, oh, oh I've just glow-coated your linoleum. In, yow. Huh? And I'm waiting for it to dry. Ooh, oh, oh. I've only got 15 seconds to go. Ooh, yay. But you're sitting right on the pilot light, Mr. Wilcox. I know, but I don't want to jump down till the floor is dry. It takes, whoa! It takes 17 to 20 minutes. Oh, whoa! 20 minutes. Oh, oh, time's up. Oh. Well, turn around quick. I'll throw some water on you. That's it. Yeah. Oh. Oh, boy. That's better. Now, what was all this foolishness, Mr. Wilcox? I'm sorry, Molly, but when I came out here in the kitchen, I noticed your linoleum needed attention. Oh, I know, but I've been so busy shopping the last day or so that Oh, I... well, it wasn't bad, but I can't resist a linoleum that isn't perfect. So I grabbed a can of Johnson's self-polishing glow coat and spread some around with a long-handled applier. It's really fun to do, you know. Oh, yeah, we heard you screaming with joy. <laughs> well, you see, the minute I had the floor all nicely glow-coated, and with no rubbing or buffing either... I hopped on the stove to let it dry, never realizing I was sitting on the pilot light. <laughs> well, thank you for polishing my floor, Mr. Wilcox. And I'm sorry you had to roast your rompers doing it. <laughs> oh, that's all right, Molly. Well, I'll be getting back to the office now. And uh, did you have enough to eat, Harlow? Uh, eat? Yes, eat. Did you find the chicken and the pie? Well, what do you know? I forgot all about eating. The minute I got out here, I started glow-coating the floor. Oh, if I'm not the darndest fool. Oh, well, I'll grab a bite downtown. Thanks anyway, folks. <laughs> <laughs>
forgot to eat. I always said it, Molly, but I never really believed it. What? He'd rather talk about glow coat than eat. <laughs> well, I still hate to think about the... Oh, dear, oh, dear. I'd like to get paid by the door knock, McGee. <laughs> At a nickel a knuckle, I'd be rich in a week. Come in. Oh, hi, Latrivia. Good day, Mr. Mayor. How do you do, Mrs. McGee? Hello, McGee. I just dropped Excuse in... Excuse me to... just a minute, Latrivia. Hmm? Uh, look, did you send us an electric chime doorbell for Christmas? I did not. I didn't send you anything for Christmas. You mean yet. McGee. <laughs> Except for my immediate family and employees, McGee, I'm putting my Christmas budget into defense bonds and stamps. Good for you, Mr. Mayor. We've got to back up our buck privates with our private bucks. <laughs> Which is an old saying I just made up. <laughs> exactly. And now, McGee, you've been hounding me for a job with the city, and Oh, I... I wouldn't say hounding you, Latrivia. Oh, I'll admit I've been kind of scratching around, wagging my tail, but... Well, uh... I... <laughs> Have you got something lined up for him, Mr. Mayor? I think so. Are we alone? Nobody here but us chickens, Latriv. <laughs> McGee, how are you on disguises? Heavenly days, detective work? How am I on disguises? <laughs> Funny you should ask that, Latrivia. Why, when I was a cinder dick for the old TSR Railroad... Uh, what railroad was the TSR? The Topeka, Saugonash, and Rochester. <laughs> Better known to the passengers as the Two Streaks of Rust. <laughs> when I was a detective on the TSR, Latrivia, I was known as the man with a thousand faces. You had your choice of a thousand faces and went back to your own? <laughs> Tush. <laughs> I'll never forget the time I rounded up that gang of boxcar bandits around East St. Louis. I was walking along the right-of-way, slick as a cat, disguised as a jockey. Never mind the heroic details, McGee. All I want to know is, can you assume a completely different identity and maintain it under trying circumstances for days at a time? Oh, why, certainly he can, Mr. Mayor. Why, he can even disguise his voice. Change your voice for the mayor, dearie. <laughs> Okay, I will. <laughs> no trouble at all. <laughs> In fact, I started changing my voice at the age of 14. <laughs> uh, ah, that's splendid, splendid. Uh, you report to the city hall first thing tomorrow, McGee. Oh, wonderful. You better get me a police permit. Uh, <clears throat> you better get me a police permit, Latrib, <laughs> so I can carry a gun. You won't need a gun. The disguise will be enough. You're going to be Wistful Vista's official Santa Claus in City Hall Park. Five dollars a day. I'll see you tomorrow. Well, man of a thousand faces, it looks like you're holding the bag again. Why, that double-crossing political parasite, who does he think I am? Santa Claus. I won't do it. I won't do it. He can't badger me into a beard and a bustle. No, sir. I... Well, here we go again. I gotta hurry up and put this doorbell up, Yes, Molly. an ounce of prevention is worth ten pounds on the door. Yeah. Come in. Uh, Merry Christmas, Mrs. McGee. Hello, little chum. Why, <laughs> Do, I'm sure. <laughs> well, come on in, Gildy the old sock. I'm glad to see you. Look at him, Molly. Ain't he a sight? Uh, what's that, McGee? I mean, <laughs> ain't he a sight for sore eyes? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, George. It's nice to see you folks again. 
You're looking as lovely as usual, Mrs. McGee. Oh, now, Mr. Gildersleeve, stop your blind. You see, Gildy, you got her so fussed she can't even pronounce baloney. <laughs> Here, Mr. Gildersleeve, take his hat and coat, McGee. Okay. I'll make a pot of tea. Yes, take my hat and coat, McGee. <laughs> The King's Men sing What Do I Want for Christmas? Ding dong, ding dong, Christmas bells. I must make a wish for Christmas while their music swells. Ding dong, ding dong, all year through. If my wishes are auspicious, I'll be needing you. Oh, what do I want for Christmas? Do you really want me to tell? Well, I want you for Christmas Day and every other day as well. I never hang up my stocking beside the chimney flue. My cup is full to overflowing long as I just have you. A toy balloon is something I'd never use. But joy in June is something I can't refuse. If you want to know what I want most, if you want to know what to do, just merely say, let's name the day for I want you. Ding-a-dong, 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 ding. Everyone is writing, telling Santa what to bring. Why don't I just write and say, Dear old Santa Claus, what do you want for Christmas? What do I want for Christmas? Oh, who ever heard of such a thing? And yet, you know, I miss the things you all have here at other seasons of the year. Valentine's and Easter eggs and firecrackers on the 4th of July and Thanksgiving turkey and mincemeat pie. But all these things don't matter at all. If it makes you happy when I come to call, that's all I need the whole year through. That's the merriest Christmas to me from you. Oh, what do we want for Christmas? Do you really want us to say? We hope old Santa has a very merry, merry Christmas day. Let's hang up all our stockings and fill them full of cheer. So Santa Claus will have a happy round trip this year. We know you're awfully busy visiting everyone alike. But though you may get dizzy, visiting never go on strike. If you want to know why we're singing and feeling the way we do, it's just because old Santa Claus we all love you. Yes, sir, Gildersleeve, you don't look a day older than when you left Wistful Vista. Oh, well. Not that you were any chicken then, but... Yes. <laughs> Will you have another cup of tea, Mr. Gildersleeve? Uh, no, thank you. I should hope not. You've had six. Yes. <laughs> I have not. I've only had five, McGee. What do you mean, five? You had one at the coffee table, one while you were snooping through our Christmas cards, if... another oh, while now, I Oh, was... now, McGee. Stop. Uh... He's welcome to all the tea he can drink. Uh, thank you, Mrs. McGee. My goodness. I never thought my little chum would ever begrudge Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve a miserable little cup of tea. What do you mean, a miserable tea? My wife makes the best tea in this I didn't say the tea was miserable. You did, too. You said tea. Mickey, Mickey, he didn't mean that. (laughs) He meant he was surprised you wouldn't want him to have all the tea he wants. Uh, Yes. Why, sure. (laughs) He's welcome to all he wants. Big ninny. <laughs> but tea's pretty stimulating, Throcky, old man. And to a guy your age with your blood pressure, it might make you just a trifle. What? What are you talking about, my age? Why, I'm still on the sunny side of 40. <laughs> Maybe, but you got no more use for suntan oil, boy. <laughs> 
wish you boys would stop this. It's so nice to have an old neighbor drop in on us. You hear that, Gildy? Old neighbor. Even Molly thinks Never so. mind what I think. I never saw him looking better. Yeah. Going to be in town long, Mr. Gildersleeve? Uh, no, I've got to go to New York tomorrow, Mrs. McGee. Oh, hey, while you're in New York, Gildy, why don't you go see the picture we made together? You know, you and me and Molly and Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy? Oh, yes. Uh, look who's laughing. Uh-huh. Uh, where's his play? Well, it has its uh, New York premiere tomorrow at the Palace Theater. And Keith Albee in Brooklyn. Oh. Yeah. So you better see it in Brooklyn, Gildy. You're one of them bums. You. <laughs> Is that so? Uh, speaking of bums, McGee, that was a bum joke of yours sending me that old lawnmower the other day. Why, it was yours, Mr. Gildersleeve. Didn't you want it back? Well, I thought it was a big, expensive Christmas present. So before I opened it, I went out and bought McGee a very costly easy chair with a built-in radio and everything. <laughs> Gilly, I'm sorry. That, that lawnmower thing was just a gag. I, I, I sent you a real present yesterday. Uh, what? Uh, you did, McGee? Oh, why, sure. I, I thought to myself, I thought to myself, I thought, if Gildersleeve ain't worth forty-seven fifty of my money... Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to let the price slip out. Uh. Forty-seven fifty is none too much for Mr. Gildersleeve, McGee. <laughs> Not that the price of a gift makes any difference. Uh, of course it doesn't. But I might have known that my little chum wouldn't do a thing like that. Uh, $47.50, eh? <laughs> well. Come in. Is this the resident? Is this the resident? Is this the resident? Who lives here? I do, bud. Pepper McGee. Oh, thanks. Here's a telegram. Here's a telegram. A telegram. It's a wire. Well, I'll sign for it, boy. There. Give the lad a quarter, dearie. Sorry, bud. I got nothing smaller than 35 cents. <laughs> you got a quarter, Gildy? Uh, no, I haven't, little chum. Uh, sorry, sonny. Well, that's all right, folks. I didn't really expect... I didn't really expect... I didn't expect... I've been here before. <laughs> It's from Racine, Wisconsin, from the Johnson Wax Company. Oh, my. What do they say? It says, Dear Fibber and Molly, we are sending you under separate cover an electric chime doorbell. Stop. Oh, oh my. We are so tired of hearing that eternal door knocking. Stop. <laughs> so is everybody else. Stop. If every knock was a boost, you'd have a Crosley rating of 6,000. <laughs> Use the doorbell. Stop. Regards and Merry Christmas, signed Johnson's Wax. Well, that solves the mystery, McGee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure does, don't it? For a while there, I wondered... Hey, where are you going, Gildy, old man? Aren't you going to stay for dinner? Oh, please do, Mr. Uh, thank you. I'm sorry, folks, but I've got to get back to Summerfield and then on to New York. Hey, huh? that's a wrong hat, McGee. I was wearing a fedora, not a beret. Oh, oh excuse me. That's the one I wear to fix the furnace in. <laughs> Here you are, Gildy. Uh, thank you. Well, I certainly enjoyed this visit. Oh, thank you, Mr. Gildersleeve. And I'm so sorry you can't stay for dinner. Well, he couldn't eat any anyway, Molly. He's so full of tea, his eyes are beginning to slant. Yes. <laughs> Still the same old McGee, full of little smart cracks, he thinks. <laughs> well, I, I hope you enjoy your Christmas present, folks. I'm sure we will, Mr. Gildersleeve, and thank you very much. Yeah, and I hope you like the one I sent you, Gildy. I'm, I'm sorry I was so crude as to let the price slip off. Yes, forty-seven fifty. Well, certainly nothing to be ashamed of. Wow. Well, goodbye, folks, and Merry Christmas. Goodbye, Mr. Gildersleeve, and the same to you. Hello, I'm certainly glad we found out who the doorbell was from, dearie. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Hey, Molly. Yeah? 
What could I get Gildersleeve that would look like it cost around forty-seven fifty? <laughs> You know, there's one room that gets to be mighty important around the holiday season, and that's your kitchen, for two reasons. One, it gets more than the average amount of wear and tear, and two, when your friends drop in, they all seem sooner or later to find their way to the kitchen. Now, what's the number one thing to do to be ready for them? Right. Give your floor a protective beauty treatment. Make it sparkle and glisten with Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. The floor polish that gives floors such a lasting luster, that makes linoleum wear indefinitely, keeps its colors as fresh and bright as new. Glow coat is different from ordinary polishes. Its film is flexible, not brittle. It does not chip or wear down unevenly. It guards linoleum surfaces against wear and dirt, makes house cleaning so easy because it needs no rubbing or buffing. Glow coat is quick drying. You simply apply and let dry 20 minutes. And glow coat is economical because a little goes a long way. Now, if you're not already using glow coat, just try it once. Look for the familiar red and yellow can and be sure it reads Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat. You know, Molly, it was nice to see old Gildersleeve again. Well, nobody'd think so the way you two argued that. Oh, we were just kidding. I wouldn't really fight with him. <laughs> I should hope not. <laughs> He's a much bigger man than you are. <laughs> That's why it's so easy to get under his skin. He's got so much of it. <laughs> Good night and a Merry Christmas. Yes, and a Happy New Year, too. Good night, all. <laughs> This is Marla Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax Finishes for Home and Industry, inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. With automobile production again restricted, it's very important to take better care of your car. Don't let the finish deteriorate. Make it last. Keep it new-looking with Johnson's Car New, the sensational auto polish that both cleans and wax polishes with one application. Two jobs in one, in less than half the time they used to take. For the sake of your car and for your own pleasure, buy a can of Johnson's Car New right away. It's spelled C-A-R-N-U. This is the Red Network of the National Broadcasting Company. Fibber McGee and Molly, Christmas time from 1941 and Christmas presents. Well, now it's time for Boston Blackie, and we'll find out all about the stolen rings at Christmas. This is from 1948. Just because we're going out to have Christmas dinner together. Don't forget, you're driving an automobile, not a sleigh. Now, Blackie, okay. don't tell me you object to Inspector Faraday's being full of Christmas spirit on Christmas <laughs> no. Eve. No, Mary, I just object to his voice. <laughs> Very amusing. Blackie, I know now what I should have given you for Christmas. A sense of humor. If I didn't already have one, 
How can I tolerate you? Well, somebody should give you both a book of instructions on how to get along. Yeah, especially he. Him. <laughs> you know we're only kidding, Mary. We are. Stop that man! Stop that man! What? Hey. Did you hear that, Frankie? Stop him. Oh, not trouble on Christmas Eve. Shopkeeper's chasing a man up the street. Step on it, Faraday. We can catch him. Don't tell me what to do. Pull up to the curb now, Inspector, and I can grab him. Now, take it easy. Take it easy. Okay, we just passed him. Wait, wait. Don't jump till I've slowed down a little. Well, hurry up or he'll pass us. Now, Blackie, be careful. You mean Blackie, be quick. Well, now look out. Here goes. All right, you. Uh, you hold it right here now. Let go of me, Matt. Let go of me. Sure, as soon as the shopkeeper, you just rob, gets here. And here he comes. Hold on to him. Hold on to him. He took four diamond rings out of my store. I, now, give I me those rings. Give them to me. I don't have no rings of yours, Mac. Oh, yes, you do. Right in your pocket here. I've watched you since you ran out of the store. You couldn't have given them to anybody. I'll hold them while you search. Yeah, like, okay. I, I did not hear. No, because I didn't take nothing. See? Well, where are my rings? I want those rings. So go find them. Only I got news for you. You ain't gonna find them on me. And now on to Dick Calmer as Boston Blackie. Enemy to those who make him an enemy. Friend to those who have no friend. He took the rings out of the tray on the counter here, Inspector Faraday. You said that. Yes, but he did. He took the rings and ran out that door. Oh, sorry, Mr. Stacy. Unless I find the stolen rings on this guy here... What can I do about it? Nothing, Faraday. Absolutely nothing. Well, Quiet, you. Look, Blackie, you and this copper pal of yours searched me twice. Out on the street and here in the store. The rings ain't on me. But they are. You took them. I saw you. If I took a Mac, where are they now? I have a pretty good idea. I hope it's better than pretty good, Blackie, because this guy's made four rings do a pretty good disappearing act. And I know how, too. Yeah. He threw them away when he saw he was being chased. That's a lie. Yes. Yes, he could have done that. He could have. I'd like to bet he didn't. Oh, go ahead, bet. Only let me alone. It's Christmas Eve. I got some place to go. I'll say you have. To headquarters, where I'm going to hold you until I find out who you are. And if you want it for anything else. The only thing I want it for is Christmas Eve dinner at... Hey, Blackie. Yeah? You're supposed to be such a genius. What happened? Friend, before I'm through with you, for your Christmas dinner, I'm going to make you eat those words. All visitors back behind the ropes, please. The passengers are coming down the gangplank now. Hey, God. God. Yes, what is it? Uh, my name's Clark. I'm here to pick up a guy who don't speak English, so you're not a word of it. Would you help me find him? You know what he looks like? Yeah, yeah, he's a big guy, about 6'6", six, six, maybe 250 pounds. His name's Zabby. Well, there's the big guy coming down the gangplank now with a sign on him. Maybe that's the guy. Oh, yeah, he looks like the guy I want. Hey, Abby! Abby! Yeah, he's coming over, so I guess he understands his name, even if he doesn't understand English. Yeah, I guess so. Thanks. No trouble at all. All visitors behind the ropes, please. He took you for a ride. Sanya Abbey. Bolo Grino. Ratsum Clark. Ratsum Clark. Braga. Sitaba Abbey, you big jerk. Braga. Ratsum Clark. All right, all right, all right. You don't know what I'm talking about, Abbey, because you don't know a word of English. But you use a gun good. Pretty good, they tell me. And if you do, we'll be speaking the same language, all right. (laughs) 
Where are those rings, Martin? Where are they? Listen, Clark, I told you I don't have them. You're lying. I know you took them out of the store because I saw you run out of the place and beat it up the street. Well, if you'd hung around, you'd have seen me nabbed and hauled off the police headquarters. If you were caught by the police, you'd still be in jail. Not me. I ain't got no record, remember? Blackie and that cop Faraday took me down there, checked on me, and let me go. All right, you ran into trouble, but you got out of it. Now, where are those rings? I ain't got them. You took them out of the store, so why haven't you got them? Calm down and give me a chance to tell you. I'll give you just ten seconds to hand over those rings. Ah. I spotted a jewelry store and cased it for you. Now, don't try to cross me. Hey, now, look, don't get tough, or maybe I'll just leave the rings lay right where they are. Oh, you will. (laughs) Yeah, I will. Hey, let go of me. Sure. After I've taught you a little lesson. Hey, Abby, attune him. Hey, who's that monster? He's a character wanted for murder in Europe. A friend of mine sent him to me for Christmas. Friend, huh? He don't understand no English, but he's tough. I'm going to prove that to you. Yeah? Abby. There's Bruno. Abby, lead a lock. Sena. Hey. Sena. Hey, call this guy off. Call him off, I'll tell you. Call him off. Sena. Almost broke my jaw, Clark. Abby. Struf Gondolak. Yes, Dragon. You lay off now, Martin. That is, unless you still have the idea you're not telling me what you did with those rings. Sure, I'll tell you. When the jeweler was chasing me, I see a Santa Claus up the street ringing his bell and collecting stuff. So? So when I passed him just before Blackie grabbed me, I threw the rings in a big iron pot the Santa Claus had. Nobody saw me, and I know how to get them back. You better. No, I thought for a minute there that you was going to be the only guy in history who gave Santa Claus a present. Blackie, what's the matter with you and Inspector Faraday? Everybody else in this restaurant is having fun, but look at you two. I'm sorry, Mary, but I don't like what that guy Joe Martin did to us this evening. And I don't like the fact that we had nothing on them in the file at headquarters. No, eat your dinner, both of you. All right. Well, this is Christmas Eve, and we're supposed to be having a party. When we let Martin go, my appetite went with him. Well, Blackie, what did he do with those rings? Who knows? He took them according to the jeweler, but he got rid of them somehow without being seen. Apparently, he didn't throw them away because we searched the street. Well, when you two see Santa Claus, tell him that what you want for Christmas is an explanation of how Martin got rid of those rings. Hey, wait a minute, Mary. That's not a bad thought. Hmm? No. I know how those rings were hidden and why they haven't been found. Oh, now, wait a minute, Blackie. What's Santa Claus got to do with that? Martin gave the rings to Santa Claus. What? Blackie, haven't you heard? There ain't no Santa Claus. Um, there was one ringing a little bell on the corner near the jewelry store. Yes, and Martin passed him just a few seconds before I caught up with him. Yeah, mm-hmm. But how would Martin give those rings to Santa Claus without Santa Claus knowing it? By tossing them in his collection bucket, Faraday. Come on, we're getting out of here. Blackie, that Santa Claus won't still be there. No, but all those street corner St. Nick's are working for the Welfare Society. Yeah, so? I'll call them and they'll tell me where we can find the guy. You, you, you think Santa Claus still has the rings, huh? Yep. If Martin hasn't found him by now and taken them back, in which case we'll find Santa Claus has been clipped. Who is it? Joe Martin, Clark. Come in. It's me. Never mind the introduction. Where are the rings? Well, keep two-ton Tony from the bed away from me. I got the rings right here. Well, where I want them is right here in my hand. Sure, sure. There you are. Thanks. 
<laughs> Have any trouble with Santa Claus? Yeah, no, the plan worked great. Good. <laughs> You'll never even be able to tell anybody I was there. Now be a good little boy. And I take you in to see Santa Claus, Faraday, and maybe he'll bring you a nice little promotion. Yeah. Look, he's an off-duty Santa Claus right now. I know. According to the Welfare Society, his name is Henry James. How many more flights are there? Only this is a fine way to spend Christmas Eve. Yeah, we may spend from now till New Year's working on a murder case, Faraday, if the welfare agency was right. Yeah. And another guy phoned for information about the same Santa Claus just before we did. I know. Oh, finally, here's the door. Yeah, if, he's, if he's in the kind of trouble you claim he is, he won't be in any condition to answer the door. Don't remind me. You and your theories. You had no right to think he's dead. I hope I'm wrong. But I'll guarantee if he's not dead, he's tied up or unconscious or... Both. Uh, well, if you're so smart, you have that all figured out. You ought to be smart enough to know the only way we'll get in is to open the door ourselves. Brilliant deduction, Inspector. Yeah, and it's all mine. I'll try the door to see if it's locked. Blackie, how do you think up such wonderful ideas? Uh-oh. Somebody's opened it for us. Oh, sorry to keep you gentlemen waiting so long. I was taking a nap. Are you Henry James? Yes. The Santa Claus on the corner near that jewelry store that was robbed earlier this evening? Yes, yes, I am. Well, I'm Boston Blackie, and this is Inspector Faraday of the police. Oh, how do you do? I I saw you catch the thief, Blackie. You did? Uh, Won't you come in? Thank you. Uh, James. Yeah? Did you have a visitor a little while ago? A visitor? Yeah. Oh, I had no visitor. No one came here and held you up to get back the four stolen rings he tossed in your collection? Why, why, no, Inspector Faraday. No one's been here. And my collection bucket's right here on the table. It's untouched. This collection bucket of yours hasn't been touched, James? Certainly not. Blackie, according to you, Joe Martin tossed the rings in the Santa Claus collection bucket. This is it. I know. According to you, Martin called the Welfare Society and found out where this particular Santa Claus lived. Somebody asked about Mr. James before I called. You don't say. But Mr. James says nobody's been here. Well, he ought to know. And you ought to know how ridiculous you are. Mm. I've looked through this collection bucket and there are no rings here. Nothing but coins. Santa Claus wasn't held up here. No rings were ever dropped in his bucket out on the street. Blackie, how wrong can a guy get? And now, back to Boston Blackie. Joe Martin steals four rings from a jewelry store. Just before he is caught by Boston Blackie, he runs down the street and tosses the rings into the collection box of a street corner Santa Claus. Later, at Santa's room, he apparently recovers the jewelry. But when Blackie and Inspector Faraday come to see Santa... Santa, whose real name is Henry James, insists that his collection box has not been touched. As we return to our story, Blackie continues his questioning of Santa Claus. Look, Mr. James. Uh, Yeah, Blackie. Faraday has gone back to headquarters because he thinks I'm wrong. Maybe he's right. But I still say that Martin tossed those rings into your collection bucket. Believe me, Blackie, the collection is right here. It's untouched. 
I was about to take it to the welfare society, and as I said before, no one's been here to see me. No one but you and the inspector. You're sure you're not playing Santa Claus to Joe Martin? Working with a thief? I should say not. I don't know why you should think so. Because when I called the Welfare Society to get your name and address, I was told there'd been another call inquiring about you just a half an hour before. Is that so? I think that was Joe Martin calling to find out where he could find you. Well, no Joe Martin came here, Blackie. In fact, nobody did. And you've been right here in your room ever since you came back to get out of your Santa Claus suit? Yes, yeah, Blackie. Every minute, every... No, 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 wait, now wait. I was out for just a minute on the telephone at the end of the hall. Who was on the phone and when was this? Oh, about, uh, about 20 minutes ago. It was a man at the Welfare Society asked me if I'd collected a lot of money tonight. Did the man say who he was? No, no, just that he was an officer of the Society. I, I wouldn't have known him if he had given his name. I work for the Society only at Christmas time. That's it, then. While you were on the phone talking to Martin or some friend of his, either Martin or an accomplice slipped in here and got back those stolen rings. Isn't that possible? Well, yes, yes, it is. My, my back was to the hall while I was on the phone, and uh, the door to this room was partially open. And thanks to what you've just told me, Mr. James, this case is practically closed. <laughs> now, Mary, don't stuff me so... <laughs> So full of pillows that I can't stand now, up. Blackie, you want to look like a big, fat, jolly Santa Claus, don't you? <laughs> yes, but not like an overstuffed chair. <laughs> there. You're well padded and your coat's buttoned up. <laughs> now, try on your beard and let's see how you look. Say, <laughs> so if I get clipped with this thing on my face, you might say my assailant is beating around the bush. Oh, Blackie. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> how do I look? With your cap on, I'd never know you, and that would be all right with me. <laughs> well, uh... You think that uh, Joe Martin will know me? Oh, I don't think so. He doesn't know you as well as I do to begin with. I wish I wouldn't try this, though, Blackie. That's the only thing I can do, since Faraday wouldn't give me any help but Martin's address. Well, in a way, he can't be blamed for not offering you any help. This isn't a murder case. And besides, you've been wrong all along. According to him, that is. Well. Well, uh, young lady, hand me that sack of phony presents, and uh, I'll put this case in the bag. Faraday, homicide. Hello, Inspector. This is Mary Wesley. All right, let's have it, Miss Wesley. Uh, have what? Blackie's newest theory on how to make me waste my time. Blackie's newest plan isn't going to waste any of your time, Inspector. In That's fact, new. you may not have enough time to get down there and help him. Get down where? Well, after you gave him that fellow Martin's address, he got dressed in a Santa Claus suit and went down there alone. What's he bothering Martin for? Well, we haven't he... got anything on him. Blackie is positive that Martin retrieved those stolen rings from Santa Claus's collection bucket. And I'm positive Blackie's positively out of his mind. Well, anyway, I think you ought to go over to Martin's right away. You know the way Blackie's little schemes sometimes get him into trouble. This time I hope he gets himself into plenty of trouble. Well, gee. Maybe it'll get him out of my hair. <laughs> I got to hand it to you, Clark. That yeah. was a slick trick calling that Santa Claus at his house and keeping him on the phone while I sneaked in and got the rings out of his collection. Ah, it was just luck that it worked. <laughs> <laughs> what would we have done, Martin, if he'd taken his collection right down from his corner to the Welfare Society? Yeah, that would have been just too bad, I guess. Yeah, too bad for you. Why? 
Well, because my boy Abby knows how to use a gun as well as his fists. Hey, look, you got the rings back, didn't you? Yeah, sure, over there on the table. I came to your room to be sure I got them back. Ah. But Abby's going to be my chief assistant from now on in charge of guys who make mistakes. Understand? Okay, I understand. But it's sure going to be tough working with a guy who can't speak English or understand it. I don't want him to be easy to work with. If you can't talk to him, you can't get friendly with him. Trigger men shouldn't have friends. They can... Hey, wait a minute. Who's there? <laughs> Santa Claus! Get rid of him, Martin. Okay. <laughs> Merry Christmas, son. Merry Christmas. Hey, fatso, beat it. The same Santa, Martin? No. Beat it, Mac. You got the wrong house. <laughs> oh, Merry Christmas, my boy. Can you spare Beat a... it, I said. Now, wait a minute, Martin. He's collecting for the poor. Let him come in a minute. Okay. Come on, Santa. Come on in. <laughs> Thank you. And a Merry Christmas. Uh, what do you want from us, Santa? Oh, anything you care to give. Just anything to help make it a Merry Christmas for the poor. Uh, like those four diamond rings on the table there. How about letting me give that beer to you as a touch? Hey, no! Hey, it's Boston Blackie! I thought it was some kind of gag. Watch out, he's gonna swing that sack he's carrying. Oh. You'll have to swing it faster than that! Good work, Martin. You really flattened him. Now get him up on his feet. I've got a gun on him. Sure. Oh, come on, Blackie, get up! Uh, thanks. Hey, what are you gonna do with him? You can't kill him here. I'm gonna turn him over to Abby and let Abby take him for a little walk. Hey, Abby! This is pretty dangerous, Clark. Be a whole lot more dangerous if Blackie stays alive. Don't forget he's seen the rings and I'm wanted for murder out west and Blackie can describe me. I sure can. Hey, Abby! What's the matter with that big hulk? Sanya, Abby. You let Tag Jalarov Yasada, Nugula. Sena. Okay, Martin, he knows. <laughs> Just what kind of language is that? Quiet, Blackie. All you have to know is that Abby's taking you for a walk with a gun in your back. Oh, that's pleasant. Abby Uka. Come on, Clark. Have Abby get this guy out of here. The cops may not be far behind him. We better wait until those carol singers outside go away. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, they won't suspect anything. I'll have Abby take them out right now. But what about those carol singers? They're just outside the house. I'll tell Abby to keep a gun on Blackie and shoot him if he opens his mouth. Hey, I got a better idea. Make Blackie sing and keep him singing. Then it'll seem like he's happy going down the street with Abby. Yeah, good idea. Hey, I'm really not in good voice this evening, gentlemen. And you won't be in good condition when Abby gets through with you. Quiet, Martin. Hey, Abby. Sudaretsum, Blackie Lingo, Finestuda, Bang, bang. <laughs> bang, bang. Thank you, let's him glad. All right, all right, come on, get going. Start singing, Blackie. Come on, start singing. A command performance, huh? Oh, I didn't know you had such an appreciation for my talent. So long, Blackie. So long. So long. I said keep singing, Blackie. If you stop once more, Abby will shoot. I won't stop then. So long. So long, sucker. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun is to ride in the one-horse open sleigh. Give me help, I can't yelp, but I'm on a spot. 
Where we'll go, I don't know, but I know I'll be shot. Hey, hear what that guy said? When I passed, jump him fast. Oh, listen to my squawk. Hey, listen to those words. I have words. to sing this silly thing, because he'll kill me if I talk. Hey, I don't think that what guy's What you kidding. speak to him is Greek. He doesn't know a thing. Come on, let's jump the guy. So Watch out for gun. I just pass you by and let you hear me sing. All right, now get him. That's it, fellas. Here, here, let me at him, fellas. I can take care of him myself now. Hey, nice punch, mister. <laughs> nice going yourself, fellas. For understanding those words I was singing. Okay, but at first we thought you were nuts. Hey, here comes a police car. Hey, Blackie, you all right? Well, Faraday, you decided to give me some help after yeah, all. Yeah, When Miss Wesley phoned me and said you were going through with your crazy plan, I thought I'd better get down here and keep you out of trouble. Who's the big guy on the sidewalk? The guy working for Martin and his buddy who was going to give me a one-way ride into the country. Oh, great. He's safe here. Let's go into the house and get Martin and his friend who wanted to go out west. Yeah, come on. Oh, look. There they go making a break for it. Yeah. Well, let's break up that break. Stop, you. Stop in the name of the law. Watch out, Faraday. They're trying to shoot their way out. This'll stop him. Yeah, that made him stop. Come on, let's grab him. Watch out, Blackie. That guy's got a gun. You bet I have. You're not going to get a chance to use it, though, boy. I've got this one. Take care of the other one, Faraday. Don't tell me what to do. Okay. Okay, okay, lay off, copper. No more, Blackie, no more. Okay, Martin, no more. If you give me those rings. Clark's got them. Come on, you, Clark. Let's have them. Yeah. Okay, here they are. Here. One, two, three, four. They're all there, Faraday. Good. And Martin, Clark, and their pal Abby are all yours. Wow. You take these guys back to my squad car, will you, Blackie? After this chase, I'm tired. Oh, great, old man. Yeah. I go all out to catch these guys, and you're the one who's all in. <laughs> <laughs> you want, you want turkey, uh, Inspector Faraday? Yeah, a little bit, Miss Worthing. Mm-hmm. And Blackie, how about you? Well, I'll have more of everything, Barry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if turkey were brain food, I'd say you had plenty of room for it, Blackie. Now, Inspector, this is Christmas Day. You and Blackie <laughs> promise not to fight. Barry, he's still upset because the case we just worked on didn't involve a murder. <laughs> you, you talk as if I like murder, Blackie. Well, you you must like it, Inspector. The way you've murdered that turkey. Very droll. You mean very drool, don't you? <laughs> now she's telling me what I mean. This thing must be contagious. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Inspector, I'm glad the stolen rings case wasn't more complicated than it turned out to be. Yeah, I'm glad we got it solved before Christmas was over. <laughs> me too. Well, Inspector, men generally put a ring on a finger. But because Clark and Martin stole some rings, we put the finger on them. <laughs> Hello, everybody. This is Dick Calmer. Every week after we finish one of our Boston Blackie shows, I indicate what I hope we'll be doing the following week. Uh-huh. Look, Blackie... Now, just a second. This time, it's going to be a little different. Uh, Blackie, what's with you? What is going on here? Just a minute, Faraday, please. Mm-hmm. Friends, I said I'm not going to tell you what we will be doing next week. That's good. I'm going to tell you what we hope you will be doing. Very confusing. Isn't almost everything confusing to you, Inspector? Did... Uh, listen, everybody. What for? Now, patience, Faraday, patience. Next week, I hope you and everyone you know and love 
will be enjoying the best holiday season you ever had. Yeah, now... That the next year will be a great year for all of you. Could I say something, Blackie? You, Inspector, can say anything, and you probably will. All I say is, Merry Christmas to our listeners, Blackie. Merry Christmas to them all. Well, genius, how about one of your usual taglines? <laughs> Not this time, Faraday. Mm -hmm. All I say to everybody from Mary Wesley and all our cast is, until our next meetings, season's greetings. That's it for this week. We'll be back next week with more old-time radio. I hope you can join us then. Till then, this is Jim Dolan thanking you for listening.